Hello, everybody. My name is Pete Liston, and welcome to this episode of the Military Mindset for Business Pod. Now, one of the best things about doing this podcast is that I just love like meeting and learning and chatting um, to people all the time. Now, I've got a super interesting lady today, Heather Porter, on. Hey, Heather, how are you going? Hello, I'm so good. So good to be here. Uh, now, Heather, we've been um, hanging out for a little while. Um, yeah. We've crossed paths in many different places. Um, but one of the things I'm really looking for today is learning more about you and the fascinating journey you've been down uh, and how you know, you've really crafted this little place in the world of being not only a guru of digital marketing, but an entrepreneur, entrepreneur in your own right, worked with some of the most you know, famous entrepreneurs in the world, but ultimately something that we're both very passionate about, and it's the rebellion against hustle. And actually, yes. can we have this life where we can have our cake and eat it too? So thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's taken me 20 years to work that out, or at least to start to work out that have your cake and eat it too lifestyle. <laughs> but it's there's been possible. one hell of a journey. Yeah, it's it is possible. possible. You know, like it's um, but it takes a it takes a mindset of understanding what's important in life and your priorities. And yes. um, but can I just reset for a moment? And can I just go back and just get you to share a little bit about your journey and unpack a little bit of how a girl from California ended up on the northern beaches of Sydney and yeah. just take us on a little tour on a little story path. So good. So um, I've always had the entrepreneurial bug since I was quite young. And when I was actually going to uh, university back in San Diego, I had a production company. So I used to pr produce art, fashion and music events in San Diego, kind of nightclub scene, that sort of stuff. It's really fun. While I was doing that, graduated uni and ended up getting a job for Robbins Research International. Research. <laughs> and I was like, what's Robbins Research? Because I got a, you know, I got my business degree and I'm out there, you know, hitting my feet to the curb trying to find work as you did in the days where you didn't have seek.com and you had like newspaper ads <laughs> to find work. Sounds, pre sounds pretty dry and boring. Robbins Research <laughs> Company. I wonder where that business could end up going. I know, right? So I'm thinking, oh, cool. Robbins Research International. It might be like an international think tank because I thought that sounded cool. I didn't know what a think tank was, but I'm like, that sounds cool. I get there. Seriously, Pete, no kidding. I went through the interview and part of the interview, they put this video on and it's this guy named Tony Robbins. And I'm watching him and I, I actually had no idea who he was. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching this dude on stage, like this full motivational speaker. And they're like, this is your, this will be your boss. I'm like, what? This is not <laughs> so, what I thought. This is not what I was thinking at all. And being this chick from San Diego that was, uh, you know, out there doing the nightclub scene and events, and I get a job, my full-time job with Tony Robbins, fresh out of uni. I started in IT. I um, always had a little knack for that side of things. Started in IT, really cool story. Was doing one of my my art, fashion, music events. A couple of the women from the department for Tony that worked in production, so they produced his global events, randomly came to one of my events. And they're like, Heather, what are you doing here? And I go, oh, look, this is my event. And they're like, what are you doing in IT? So they kind of poached me across to work in production for Tony. Um, and that's how my foot got in the door with Tony Robbins and running huge events. But 
this is, you know, when we all have epiphany moments, like real big moments in the life, in your life where something's bigger than you is knocking on your door and saying, Hey, wait a second, you're on the wrong path. There was that moment. So I, I was working for Tony for a few years. I was running my side business and I don't call, I never call it side hustle on purpose. It was a yeah. business. I took it seriously. We're anti-hustle anti here. Anti-hustle. So I had my side business, the production company, working for Tony. Let's just say I was hanging out with some rather unsavory characters in San Diego because of the nightclub scene I was in. So I'm I'm over in uh, Gold Coast, Australia, running as part of the leadership event for Date with Destiny for Tony. And I'm sitting there and the words echoing through my mind from his mentor, Jim Rohn, you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. Mm. You are the average of the five people you spend your time with. And it was like a huge moment in my life where I, I looked back at the five people and I thought, I don't like them very much. Like I, I'm not going to go anywhere if I stay there. So I moved, I went back to California. I basically told my boss that Tony was the head of production. I said, I'm going to move to Australia. There's something about this country that called me deeply. And uh, she's like, yeah, right. Good luck getting a visa as an American. <laughs> But I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I broke up my seven-year relationship with a guy that was, you know, not the best relationship material. And um, I was over in Australia roughly just over three months later, visitor's visa, sold my car, had one suitcase to my name, 28 years old. And my journey began in transitioning from events into digital marketing. <laughs> so was this, so a, was this a cold, fresh start? Like literally, yeah. you know, see, see your family and friends. I'm just gonna catch a plane and see what happens i took that advice you're the average of the five people way too seriously yeah. i think yeah like <laughs> but, i'm reset i'm yeah. resetting my five here now um I'm resetting what yeah. about cultural wise uh, i've never been to south california but yeah uh, san diego gold coast what are the sort of are we sort of talking similar kind of cultures yeah. was it an easy transition to morph into gold coast life uh, so I actually moved to Sydney. I didn't, I was Gold Coast uh, just for the trip that, that uh, yes, yep. I ran, but I moved straight to Sydney. So um, I equate it to, for anyone that's been to California, San Francisco's like Melbourne, um, mm -hmm. LA, LA, San Diego is sort of similar to Sydney and bits of Brisbane as well. So beachy, outdoorsy. Uh, so look, the main thing that I fell in love with with this country was the honesty. Um I felt like people here, basically what you, you're, you're honest, you're open, what you say you do. I feel like there's, um, and does anyone listening from the States? I apologize, but I feel like it's quite hypey. I do. I genuinely think it is like, it's like, oh my God, let's do business. And then nothing comes of it. I just feel like here, it's just more relaxed and it's more my style. And I like the humor as well a lot. It's funny to say that. And I've got a lot of US friends and, you know, <laughs> at least a quarter of our listeners are US, but <clears throat> One yeah. thing I was having a business meeting with someone this morning and we we're talking about, you know, should we you know, go into serious business together, potentially a purchase or come some kind of mer merger. And ultimately it came down in the conversation, like another Aussie lad. Um, yeah. But it was like, could we seriously go out to dinner and enjoy each other's company all the time and maybe travel together? And, you know, yeah. are we going to enjoy hanging out? Because if we can't do that, none of the numbers will ever work. So there's this, the thing we're talking about now is like, well, yeah, obviously the numbers have to work. It's business and that kind of stuff. But equally, as people, are we going to enjoy being together and hanging out? So I think it's so true. Uh, from an Australian perspective, if we don't have that in that relationship, then the money won't matter. 
And that's, that's what I like about being here. And that's why I've been here for 20 years is because I, I get that, like, that's so important to me is that relationship and honesty and realness. It, it is. And that's what I find here in this country. So, so let's get to Let's get our tourism Australia as a sponsor. You know, bring, come on, Americans. <laughs> I know, go after them. Come on, you, you got this. <laughs> yeah, um, so now yeah. you've got your feet on the ground in Sydney. What was the I first do. thing you do? Because I, I yeah. always think of entrepreneurship and small business as an itch that has to be scratched. So like for me, I was always like the ideas guys in businesses that didn't want me. Like, it's like, hey, these are great <laughs> ideas, but it's my business, mate. We're going to do it my way. And then, and then going into the army, you can have all the ideas in the world, but the structure of the machine will do what it wants to do. So yeah. ultimately for me, going into business was, it just had to happen eventually. So what do you do when you get into Sydney now? Yeah. So my first thing was uh, really getting out of my comfort zone and going around and networking like crazy um, because I needed to get a visa. I was on a visitor's visa. I need to get a company to sponsor me to stay here. And so ultimately through networking and meeting new people, I, which by the way, um, networking and your, your network really ultimately is everything in your life. So, so important. So I had my network going on, started to meet new people. Some of those people were through the Tony Robbins network, which was pretty cool. And, um, I ended up meeting a guy who was graduating from a life coaching college and he's like, they're growing really quick. Do you know about this thing like, like called life coaching? I'm like, yeah, I know a bit about it. Cause Tony Robbins and, and he's like, well, they're growing, they need help. And so I, I, um, met up with the directors of that company and ultimately got sponsored from them because, you know, working for Tony and then working for life coaching school made sense. So that's where I started. Um, but very quickly, very quickly, I moved into contracting freelancer roles while I was doing that, um, starting up a kind of a, I'll call it a crew program for another well-known speaker in Australia for a, a pr promotion, like a production company. They needed a volunteer crew program for all the seminars that this guy was speaking at. So I started contracting on the side, creating this volunteer crew program at the time. Um, and, and through that, you know, kind of started doing more with that speaker, left life coaching school, long story short, the two directors took the money and, and fled. They went overseas. That was an interesting time, but, uh, yeah, I ended up wor working in, uh, this production company crew crew program. And I started something called the billionaire adventure club. I co-founded it with the speaker, uh, at the time. And we brought entrepreneurs again, surrounded by beautiful entrepreneurs. We brought entrepreneurs out to developing countries, uh, did social entrepreneur projects such as you know building a school in Peru. Uh, we did some seminars, business seminars in South Africa for part of SIDA, um, which is a university which Richard Branson has affiliation with, um, and and that was really cool. And I did that for a few years before I transitioned into digital. Oh man, the billionaire venture club. Um, well, <laughs> maybe maybe one day, but um, there's two big passions that I've got in my life. One of them is travel, and one of them is talking. Um, yeah. so it's that somehow seems like just to be, you know, the, the perfect fit for me someday. The, one of the things that I really love again, coming back to travel is I'm definitely a country counter. So I will travel yeah, places where that have lots of borders just so I can go and spend a day in that country. And yeah. I have, uh, my little boy Monty, who is now six or seven, I should know that seven. Um, he's up to 32, I think 33 <gasps> countries. And that, that's, uh, yeah, and that counts him that that's with the two years of no COVID travel. And like, for me as a little white boy from small town, Australia, I didn't even go overseas <laughs> until I was probably 22 or 23. So 
If wow. I don't get to every country in the world, I hope Monty and Remy, my two little boys, are, are on well, well on their ways. Um, okay, so, so I have to ask you a question then. If you try and find places with multiple borders, have you ever stood somewhere where there's like four countries inter- intertwined in one intersection? Close, <laughs> close. We have uh, the closest. I did a bit of one, a cheating one on my last holiday because we couldn't get insurance to go into Kosovo. So we went into, um, we went to Greece and then we, we took an RV, like a camper van, and we drove all the way up through Serbia, Montenegro, Albania, North Macedonia, et cetera. But I wanted to go into Kosovo because I'm like right there. Um, yeah. I can see it, but the, no, we couldn't get insurance for the car to go in. So right, we drove right along the Serbian border and there was this place where the border touched the main road. Yeah. Uh, so we, we basically, there was no border guards or checkpoints. So we, we went down the side of the hill and we sat and had lunch in Kosovo. Like I, I did take a pin on the map, a photo to show we we're inside. So <laughs> it's a little bit cheeky. You know, I don't, I don't count countries where you go to the airport and you don't go out, Yeah, but I, w- I would love to go back to Kosovo, but um, no, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So um, what about business? Where do you go to here and yeah. starting these great little businesses that you kicked off? Yeah. So uh, when I was running the billionaire adventure club, I, Right around that time, Facebook started rising up really fast. It was around 2008 and digital marketing and websites started to become a thing. And so some of the speakers that I was working with, they were like, oh, you know, you know, the industry really well, you know, seminars and and that whole space. Can we get online? How do we share our message 24 seven with more people, not just in the seminar room? And I kind of was intrigued, you know, to, to explore membership websites. So getting, you know, people onto a membership portal where they can learn and have access to courses and content, but also Facebook and social media. And so around that time, I, I actually just switched gears and I will say it it was very much not a proactive choice. The Mm. guy that I was running the club with had, um, uh, he, well, to be honest, he had a, a mental breakdown. He had a breakdown. And um, lots of factors contributed to that. And he had to stop everything he was doing. So quite literally overnight, my project that I founded with him was gone. And he was a big pivotal part of it. So I had to scramble around and go, okay, how am I going to pay? How am I going to pay my next bills? You know, <laughs> what am I going to do? And so people were coming to me saying, you know, we heard you kind of were doing some of the website work for this project. And um, you're learning a bit of marketing and and can you help me? And it just became one of those random moments where this happened. It fell into my lap and I saw, I thought, yeah, I could do this. And I, that's how it started. Um, it was by accident. It was because I had to pay the bills and that was literally it. And so I started scrambling around, learning how to build websites, start to delegate, outsource. And ultimately my first business back then was with a business partner, an Aussie guy who's over in the States. We swapped, I introduced him to his American wife. So he's he's over there. But we had a company together um, and we actually ended up having a team in the Philippines for a while. Like we had 30 team in the Philippines and we were building websites and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was totally stressed out. I had heart palpitations. I wasn't sleeping properly. It was the epitome of hustle in a very, very Mm. bad, dark way. So that's kind of my first business in that space, which no longer exists. (laughs) So interesting, right? It's interesting because digital marketing for me is, has been such a dark art. I feel sometimes in life, I always come to the party Mm. a bit late. 
Like I didn't join the army till I was 30. Uh, I didn't really? start my own business until I was 40. Even I had a couple yeah. of failures. Um, yeah, same. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't mind to unpack a little bit about the digital marketing ecosystem and where we are. And, and there's a couple of things. Oh, yeah. You mentioned something a little bit before networking versus, so what networking, networking and relationships versus oh, yeah. advertising. Because my experiences with digital marketing, to be honest, from an advertising perspective, haven't been great. I feel mm -hmm. like for me, it's been a sugar hit in terms of I'll get out there, I'll throw some money at a problem, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll run some ads, whether they be on, you know, socials or SEM or wherever they be. But for me, it's been a bit, bit of a sugar hit that when we turn it off, there's nothing sort of sustaining or resilient about that action. Um, yeah. Where do you sort of feel, uh, you know, digital marketing is transitioning through this big hype of you know, Facebook and social advertising, Google advertising to where we are at the moment? Relationships is so important. Um, so there's a few conversations that I suppose I'll have around that. Um, I feel like you have to first get really good at what you're selling, what your offer is, who your target market is, the fundamentals of marketing. You don't want to go out and use the ad side of marketing until you have all that right, like your sales price processes, all of it. You want the foundation really strong and you want to be using referral marketing with your relationships and getting your business started, I guess, that way. Because a lot of people will come to me and go, oh, like, oh yeah, I just launched or I have this product and I want to just send ads to it. And they look at it like this magic bullet. It's hard. It's really hard yeah. to get digital marketing to work because like anything in life, it takes time. You have to test and measure. Um, some people get success straight away. Most people don't like anything in life. You have to be consistent. You have to have trials and errors. You have a roller coaster ride. So the good marketing that works is the relationship marketing. And like how I was saying for you, Pete, to do some stuff on LinkedIn, it's like make videos of yourself mm. because it is the best way to get people to see who you are, what you stand for, your energy, to see if there's a relationship that could be there. So I feel like that is incredibly important is using your voice and really great behind the scenes content, uh, like you know what's going on in your business, what who your team is, that's the marketing that is good, but it is a long-term play because you are building a relationship. It's not a sugar hit, as you say. Um, you can get the low-hanging fruit, but there is, if you want long-term success, it's a relationship building tool, but you're using it through email marketing, ads, your website, blogging, like you're you're using all these touch points in a different way. And I just want to like share for people your the context of your um, I know you're probably too humble for me to talk about this too much, but you're one of only, I believe, eight. Uh, Facebook community trainers in Australia. Five now. Got five. Yeah. So this is not something that is just uh, you know, you've you know picked up on a whim or read on a you know no. blog somewhere. This this has been your your bread and butter for a long time now. Yeah. Well I officially started in 2008. And then my business now after learning how to not hustle, I have a smaller business and that's very much on purpose because I'm picky with who I work with. So um through my business now called Website Love, when I started that roughly six years ago, specializing in social media marketing and website development for conversions, right around that time, a couple of years in, 
I was approached um, by one of my clients and she said, I don't know if you heard this, but Facebook at the time, Facebook now meta, they're looking for trainers that um, can teach small business owners across Australia. And the reason why is because they've been sending out their staff, their employees to teach small businesses. And when a business goes, well, how do you choose a budget for ads? What do you do to come up with an offer to promote? They can't say anything because they're an employee. So yeah. Facebook got this and they're like, okay, we need, we need to find people that know their stuff. So they went on a, um, it's actually an auditioning process that I went through. So I had to first say, you know, how long I've been running ads, how long I've been using the tools. And that was the first, and then it was sending in a video and then they get to kind of talk about your background and what you do. And then from there, you actually were invited into the headquarters in Barangaroo in Sydney to stand up and they gave you slide, a slide deck and you had 24 hours to learn it. And then you had to weave in your own stories and case studies and teach it to mm. the team. <laughs> and so there's a big, roughly 30 of us. And then, you know, eight of us were accepted. And then now there's five, um, been doing it for four years. And what's really cool about it is, yeah, it was really difficult to get into, but I get privy, I, I can access, I get access to case studies through Meta of businesses that grow and work. And when I teach on behalf of Meta at seminars and we do these workshops, we bring in small business owners to share their stories about how they use social media marketing to be a success. And you know yeah. what the common thing is for success? You're going to love it. <laughs> Come in. Real, it's vulnerability and, and realness. <clears throat> it's straight mm. up. It is storytelling. It is not flogging your your stuff. I don't know if this is a PG rated show, but no, we're, uh, we've got not, the little e, we've got the e box. Got the e, so, it's not vlogging yeah. your shit. It's not, yeah. it's seriously, it's not doing that. You guys, every single business, like there's budgie smugglers that I spoke to recently. There's nail salons, there's um, physio, there's real estate agents that use digital marketing. And every, the common thread is being real telling your story, being vulnerable, using video, video, because yeah. you connect with people in that way. So um, I'm not just saying, yeah, like you said, I'm not just saying like, use the story, use the long-term play because I've not only seen that work in my business and other businesses, but it even comes from the big boy itself. You know, they, that's what they see works too. Now what's um, really interesting about this, even though you've got this, uh, like dare I say, pedigree from your meta experience and what the yeah. you know this position you mentioned something a little while ago you're not blinkered by just this one channel approach and that no you know way. this this digital ecosystem needs to be seen as as very a multi-prong so what are we doing with yep. our blogging what are we doing with our videos what are we doing with our email marketing and being able to create uh virtually like our own ecosystem where people can consume what they need from us in the channel, the method, the time, and the place that's available and their preferred option. Totally. What, are you, what are you sort of seeing now as um, in, in a great business model, how people are setting that up in terms of their journey? Great question. Okay. So first things first is I like to reverse engineer backwards from what ultimately you're trying to sell in your business. So mm. what is that core thing that you're trying to sell and, and really look at that and make it something special. So it's not a commodity. It's not something people would price shop for. What is it, you know, that you sell that makes it very unique. So you develop this amazing offer that people will go crazy for, and you're very clear on your target market that you're selling that to. And once you have that information ready, 
you want the infrastructure to support that, which Pete, I know in your business, you do this a lot too. So it's literally, it's like, well, where am I going to send traffic? If the person takes action, what do they see next? What are the emails they get? What's the communication? What's the sales process? Everything from there. So you want to have that ready to go. And then you take further steps back from there and you look at the whole customer journey from point A to point B, point B being them actually going through that process to become a customer, point A being that they are just starting to become aware of a problem that they have. So I'll give you an example. So like, let's say um, I was working with a Cairo the other day and we're talking and I go, you know, like if you think about it in terms of a customer journey into getting, you know, the Cairo to help you out, you start with pain generally, like you start with pain. One day you wake up and the pain that you have in your back or your neck is suddenly gotten to you a little bit too much. You're aware of this problem that you have, but you have no idea who's going to solve the problem. You're not there yet. And this is where you're kind of poking around on the internet. You're asking your mates, you're like, Hey, looking for referrals and reviews. What are the options? Is it massage? Is it surgery? Is it exercise? Is it, is it Cairo? What is it? And so you start to consume content online to help you get to that point. So in marketing, you definitely have to have awareness content, which is educational content to help meet people where they are with the problem that they have or the desire that they want from there. Maybe this person's online. He's like, oh, cool. My back hurts. Oh, look at this Cairo. This dude's cool. I like what he's saying, you know, in his video that I see on Facebook and I'm resonating with this guy. And he's now saying to me like, hey, why don't we just jump on a call or a little do free consult? We'll just see, you know, if we're a good fit. So we move in the customer journey to a place called consideration. And this is now where you are considering, you know, doing business with this person. So you also want content in your digital marketing that supports this phase. So it's getting them to your website. It's getting them to book a free call. It's getting them to download a brochure, um, but it's starting to get them to consider doing business with you. Maybe looking at case studies, testimonials. And then you go into that conversion phase, which is very much the, hey, sign up to be my customer. And so you have to have in digital marketing, all of these steps, all of them leading yeah. into the conversion phase, the sign up phase. And most of us, Pete, like I know, and you mentioned this as well earlier, it's like, that sugar hit, a lot of businesses focus only on that conversion phase and they forget that digital is an extension of people. We're, we're the same. We, we want to go out. We want to have a conversation. We want to feel the vibe. We want to know if this person is the right person for us and things do not happen overnight. Sometimes they do, but maybe it takes a year, six months, five years, depending on what you're selling for somebody to be a customer. Oh, look, I really love that digital is an extension of people. And you know, that yeah. is what you articulated there is one of my biggest did wrongs when we first went into business because in the virtual assistant agency side of the business, the outsourcing, mm. we were literally like, hey, let's do ad spend. Uh, let's just throw yeah. some ads out there and you know, uh, we'll see if it works. And then obviously it doesn't. Low qualified leads come in. We we put lots of, you know, we put lots of money out there. And then we're wondering why isn't it working here? And then we, but we really don't have any other substance behind the messaging framework. Um, but I, we had a beautiful moment last night because I'm actually someone who used to hate ads, you know, hate ads on TV <laughs> to the point yeah. now where I'm always fascinated. Like, oh, that's, that's actually brilliant. So I'm a bit more You're of a, learning, a critique yeah. of ads. Um, yeah. and, and we had a beautiful moment on the couch last night uh, when I was sitting there watching TV with, TV with my wife and a little email pinged up on my phone and it was from Sal Surf School. Now, little, yeah. little surf school here in Yamina Beach and my wife loves to go down there and surf with the girls. So I saw yeah. this little email pop up on my phone 
And literally five minutes later, Kat was like, uh, Tuesday, 9.30 to 11s, um, I'm doing surfing for the next four weeks. And I just <laughs> yeah. turned to her and I said, email marketing, brilliant. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, I saw the email pop into the inbox, but obviously I just ignored it. But she'd picked it up on the phone. She'd opened it up while we we're watching TV. She'd got the <laughs> right message that was right for her at the right time. Right and time. she'd gone click by. Okay. So, yeah. so that was a moment. And I just sort of, you know, I love it that she surfs and it's a great, you know, part of what she does. But for me, from a marketing and business perspective, I was fascinated by that moment. You know, demand capture versus demand creation. And yeah. are you through the digital ecosystem? putting that message out there, it, it's not always about buy me now. No. Okay, share, share, share. But when you inf infuse or insert moments of, are you ready right now? Quite often someone sitting on their couch at nine o'clock at night will be, ah, that's what I want. Let's do it now. So I thought totally. it was just a really cool moment of digital marketing. Ah, oh, that is brilliant. And you know what? And that's like you said, one of many channels, right time, right place, right yeah. message. There's a guy that came to me. He has been following my stuff online for five years, mm. five years. And one day got an email from me, email marketing, responded, booked a call. And yeah. he, when I chatted with him, he said, you know what? I've been following you for a really long time. I don't know. I don't know. Just something about right now. I just feel ready to work with you. And, yeah. and he's like, it just was the time. And that's the beauty of, of making the offers and making the communications and giving out good content and remembering that for most people, it's not going to happen ASAP. It's going to take a time to nurture that relationship. Yeah. It's a really, really important point. Um, so the other part of what we do in trusted process is HubSpot or yeah. CRM builds. And whereas yeah. what I see with digital marketing's job is to create awareness and get people to the point of interest, right? So, and at this moment of interest that comes up, for me, that's when someone says, hmm, tell me more about what you do. Okay, so mm -hmm. digital marketing has created that awareness and fed it to you. Then basically from this moment of tell me more through to the offer is your sales process. Now, mm -hmm. so many businesses that we see are set up for, hey, do you want to buy off me right now? Yes or no, that's it. Yeah. You know, um, they put the offer in. As soon as that offer is probably not taken up at this moment, then slip through the cracks, people disappear forever. Whereas, as you said, sometimes it takes you know, months or if not years for mm -hmm. people to think about when the right time is. And if we can, through our digital marketing, craft and create this interest, then capture it in our CRM platforms and then yeah. use our CRM platforms to really connect and nurture those relationships. When the time to convert comes, it's just sitting there ready to go. Um, so, so I love it, but this is an infused digital ecosystem throughout the business. I would love to talk about um, your podcast, the rebellion against hustle, because for me, business is business is business, but this is probably, this is more important because this is more about life. Can you mm, share much. with us a little <laughs> bit about Rebellion Against Hustle, why you started it, and just give us give us a, a quick Soldiers 5. Love it. And it's actually called The Hustle Rebellion. I sure The Hustle Rebellion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, so what it is is basically um, 
I've had multiple podcasts in my past and they were very much educational. Like let's, let's teach marketing podcasts. And I wanted to do something different this time because I feel like I'm finally cracking the code of having more of a fulfilled, balanced life. Um, and I wanted to talk to other business owners who are, are cracking that code as well. And so that's where it was born. And I, I'm a really big believer in that we as human beings have lost the ability to be present, like truly present. We have our phones dinging in our ear. We have so much noise. We almost forget how to be with somebody. So mm -hmm. I was thinking if I could teach that and I could also bring in the business aspect and talk to entrepreneurs that have worked that out as well. I think it'd be kind of a cool conversation to have. So that's where it came from. And what's been interesting with the interviews I've had so far from some very successful business owners in all walks of life is there's common threads. And they say that basically, of course, you need to outsource, you need to get your team right. But a big thread is to unplug, which I find really interesting. And even to the point of going into nature, take your shoes off, put your feet on the ground, put your phone away get back to being human. And so, and a lot of them have said to me as well, Heather, you know, I've really loved having a conversation with you because normally I have always been asked about my expertise, but truly to grow the business to where I am, having the right mindset and the right being, ability to be present is more important than my expertise. So they're loving sharing these tips, these ideas, these things that keep them grounded and keep them moving ahead and keep them having joy in their life. So that's that's essentially where it came from. It's relatively new, but I'm sure it will evolve as we go. Yeah, look, we're going to throw Hustle Rebellion into the show notes, but I really, I'm loving the content because as a business owner, we really need to come to the point where unless you make a conscious decision to put some control measures into place, you will never not be busy because there's always more growth, more problems. Now, and you mentioned earlier that you've actually deliberately downsized yeah. your current business. We've had some businesses yeah. in the past that have been highly lucrative from a revenue perspective, but you know, we always talk about seven, eight figure businesses and this and that, but it doesn't mean profit. It doesn't mean health. No. It doesn't mean connection no. with friends and family. Um, Absolutely not. This is what Absolutely we're here not. for. And I, I feel that most people go into business wanting, wanting that life, you know, like they're sick of the grind of nine to five or, you know, working for the man or the woman, whoever it is. And they, <laughs> they see the shining light of small business and entrepreneurship as being, for, being this, but they get lost in the grind. And this is what we really need mm -hmm. to rebel against. We do, it's, it is the hustle rebellion. We do need to rebel against it. We're, we've been trained with these lofty, crazy goals, you know, yeah, get to the seven figure business and this and that. Yeah. Like there's a lot of these hype, this hypey goal around why can't we just come together? And like you said, maybe the perfect business is one where you have good profit. You can travel, you yep. can take your family places, you can go surf. Um, maybe that's the new success that the world yeah. needs to strive towards. And if people love to make millions of dollars, that's fine. That's up to you. It's not for us to say what, you know, no what, what's good or not, you know, but for each of us finding our purpose is important. And some of the things that have given me the most joy in the last, let's just say two years after I made a conscious choice to, you know, I, I didn't know you you were in this movement as well, but, and that's why I really, when I started listening to the podcast, I was like, this message needs to be heard out there. 
But yeah. for me, the things that give me the most joy in life are now having the time to coach under five soccer. Um, Love that. <laughs> to go for bushwalks uh, as much yeah. as I can. Uh, as I yeah. said, I normally take up things a little bit late. I've started boxing at 47 and I'm keen to have really a fight good. one day. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I am the oldest man in the in the the group by at least 15 years. So there's no one under 30. And here I am 47 trying to keep up with the young fellas. But God, I um, love that. So good. But this is really, uh, it, it is a conscious choice. And the way that yes. I look at this is, but the hustle rebellion doesn't mean that you don't have to work hard because you no. do have to work hard to get there. For me, our analogy is work hard once. Okay. So what we want to do is whenever you have a problem, apply significant effort, work hard once to systemize, automate, and delegate that matter. If you don't it. do that, you will be stuck in the grind and you'll come back to tomorrow and do the same thing. Um, so work That's hard it. once, systemize, automate, delegate. Now, from my little contribution to this space, where do people find the time to make the time to save the time, all this kind of stuff, when everybody's busy? So a realistic measurement of the work hard once investment is if something takes you one hour a week and you do it for one hour every week, so 50, 50 hours per year, it might take you five hours of work to create some processes, to mm -hmm. train a team member up, to hand that task over. So it's probably a five times the, the time investment to let go of it. But then you win 50 hours a week back. So that five to one to 50 ratio, when we feed it into that work hard once mentality is what we do in our business, systemize, automate, delegate, and then let go. It is exactly right. And that's what I do in this business that I have versus before. Everything is an SOP. Everything is a, how can I delegate, work smarter. It's just such yeah. a different mindset shift, no, mindset shift, my my time blocking, my calendar, like I have color coded things in my calendar. Like this is my me time. This is where I go work out. This is like, it's just, maybe it's more rules, but I love the rules that I've created because the rules yeah. I've created now allow me freedom. There's one statement, this, you know, and it's again, it's not for us to, you know, judge or tell people what they should do. Some people love to work hard, but there's a difference between working hard and martyring yourself. And yeah, for true. me, one of the statements that, um, that when I can't work with someone, if they're going to say, it's just too hard, I might as well do it myself. Okay. Yeah. That, that, I, that is one phrase that when I talk to all of our clients, I said, if we've got to that point, then we, we just haven't made it work because you can systemize. A lot of people think no one could ever do this but me. So oh, sure. that is yeah. either a martyr attitude or it's a egotistical attitude. Now, I only think there's two things in life that we can't delegate, and that's probably love and art. You know, everything else, yeah, we should like be that. able to systemize it. Yeah, we should be able to systemize it and let go of it. So oh. I just really want to be able to share with people that, you know, Get onto Heather's podcast and listen to this because it is the way that you can have your cake and eat it too. It is. And it's going to help you create your definition of success and maybe take a moment to, instead of reactively look at what you're doing, maybe be proactive and think through 
just take that little extra amount of time, what you actually want. And like Pete said, how are you going to create the systems that are going to support you to get there? Yep. Can you tell us a little bit more about Website Love and the people sure. that you love working with? Yes. So um, my business, Website Love, we I, I feel like the website market has matured a lot. So I, I don't say we just build websites anymore. What we do is we specialize in conversion rate optimization, which is a little bit different. It's it's a journey of your online presence. So it's getting websites that work for your business. They are tested, they're measured over time to develop offers and messaging. They get the highest conversions at the lowest cost. So that's the website work that we do. And then we drive traffic into the website through ads at this point, um, just because I have to specialize. I can't, yeah. I can't do, if I were to do email marketing and all the other things, I'd just be, I couldn't do great work and find the best people to do it. So it's the website and the ads piece. Um, my businesses that I love to work with are um, service providers. So loads of local businesses, specifically with the slant, I tend to find in the health and wellness space. So physios, chiros, health and wellness centers, um, people that are healing other people, ironically. So that's, yeah. um, that's, that's me. That's a funny little tie into everything that you're doing outside of that versus who your natural yeah. client that you seem to attract is. So, uh, yeah. interesting little, interesting little combination there. When, when yeah. we look at website creation, I sort of feel like there's a couple of phases. Our first website is like our first car, probably not yeah. the best, but better than nothing. Totally um, and true. it's almost, it's, it's almost like, you know, if I don't have a website, people won't think I'm legitimate. So we just slap something out there. Do you, are you generally taking people, you know, what, what, what kind of clients are coming to you? They've got good websites that they want to be great or are they like, are they zero to ones? It's, a, it's such a mix. I will say for the majority of them, they already do have a website because they're, yes. they have been around for a little while. Every now and again, I get a startup here and there, but they're my better clients, the ones that already have an established business. So they have a website. It's, it's maybe 10 years old. Like right now I'm thinking of three people I'm working with and they're all 10 year plus websites. So they're real ugly yeah. looking things and the messaging's all off. So older websites and they're just going, okay, I'm ready to get modernized. I'm ready to actually, you know, get things working. Um, then there's the, the other side of them, which like one amazing guy, unfortunately got a beautiful website done, right? He did, he did the thing that I don't like, which is Let's get a really pretty looking website without any thought of customer journey or offer mm. or conversion. And the second he put that website up within a couple of months, nothing happened. He started getting crickets. Like, so all the stuff, all the businesses coming in off the old, uglier site was no longer coming in off the new site. So I get that the other side of people like him that have a pretty site that's broken. He can't, they can't work out like, why am I not getting business off of it? So then we have to go into testing and tweaking and working out why that is. So those are the two sides. I think that's really important because again, this is about a digital marketing strategy and ads are great when they're used in the right way. So we've engaged uh, Heather and her team to do ads for us and the process yep. of going through that in terms of understanding who we are and why we're doing it. And, and the, but if you think you're just going to throw some ads out there into the universe and create lots of great leads and make lots of money, you're probably being a little bit naive. So having an ecosystem where your website is not just a poster, but more of a portal, you know, in and yeah. out so people can connect and communicate and that the right content and the right ad at the right time can really drive, you know, performance in the business. Um, Spot on. 
Oh, look, Heather, I'd really, there's so much I would love to more unpack about, um, you know, the, you know, digital digital marketing side of the world, but, you know, as well as the, you know, the hustle rebellion, um, where can people connect with you and learn more about this? <laughs> Thank you for that. So yeah, hustlerebellion.com is straight into the podcast and website love.com.au is into my, I guess we'll call it an agency because it is an agency. So an that's agency. where you can learn more about. Yeah. I call myself an agency. It's an agency. I, I'm always, I'm always like one of those people who goes, Oh, don't call yourself an agency because it'll scare people away. But ultimately that's what I am. We're a digital agency. So website love.com.au. That's it. That's me. And look, the best thing about um, the Hustle Rebellion podcast is that somehow you managed to keep it within 20 minutes or so. I just don't know if I <laughs> talk too much, but uh, no. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I like it. I, but I have to go with that theme, right? It's like, let's just get, let's get stuck into the point. <laughs> but I actually, I like longer conversations too. I mean, I'm loving our chat. I, I could keep going too. Oh, look, well, for the sake of everybody else that might have something else to do today, we'll wrap it up there, but we'd love to get you back and have another chat in the future. Um, so we're going to have all the contact points for Heather in the show note, in the show notes below, um, from, you know, a female entrepreneur that I really admire the work that you've done, the, not only, uh, in terms of your technical and, you know, tactical prowess, but just the way that you you look at the world and that you you know you really share what comes from in and it's not just about money it's about you know substance and purpose and how we can you know live the lives we were meant for absolutely that's a beautiful summary i appreciate that oh no thank you so look everybody that's the wrap for the military mindset pod for today um heather porter an absolute superstar if you're not following her or you know touching base with her stuff please do so because you know she's one of these people that you just um cannot learn something every time you listen to us. So thank you very much, Heather, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks everyone for listening as well. Okay. I'm Pete Liston. If you want to know any more about, you know, some of the digital, digital ecosystem stuff we're talking about or CRMs or HubSpot or outsourcing, my head of growth will strangle me if I don't throw a plug in for ourselves. Trust the process.com.au. Um, thanks everyone. This is Pete Liston out.